Hello, and welcome to the Rainy Day Smut Brigade, the podcast where we laugh about smutty books and talk about the plot a little too. Before we start, we want to remind you that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Now let's get on with our heathen behavior. Mm. Okay, I want to know, are you guys watching, reading anything interesting this week? I am reading something very out there and interesting so I'm reading a series called the Galaxy Circus series. Please tell me more. We know Ashley loves an alien romance. Give me some this alien one is, dong. Is a, a lot more involved than a- Ice Planet. <gasps> Lots of different species. <gasps> Lots of different organs. Ooh, oh, tentacles! Tentacles! Ooh. Multiple tentacles. Orphuses. Is there a spur? Is there a spur? The spurs. Oh, little things that come out and attach. And I wish y'all could see Allie's hand movements right now. There's, there's a lot happening. <laughs> What's it called? Galaxy Circus. So it's about this girl who's a human who all of a sudden finds out. <gasps> Imagine the shock that the girl who grew up in foster care isn't from Earth. Oh, <gasps> it's like Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. But. Kind of. And so it turns out her grandfathers, plural, Ooh. she has three grandfathers, have been looking for her. Great. And they own the Galaxy Circus, which is a circus that sometimes pops up overnight. And they have these fantastical sex shows. That's no, it but like. like circus shows. And they do all these performances that no one can believe how they do it. They must be really good magicians. I wish y'all could see my face right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> see if I can find something that I just read like overwhelmed. right before I came here. I am. There's a lot. How many books are in this series? I don't even know, honestly. I just, do you know what book you're on? I'm on book two. I like stumbled into it because I read a book series from this author before. So I was like, okay. And that one was pretty out there. So I knew what I was getting into. If Ice Pl- Planet Barbarians was my first alien romance, would I see this as crazy? Yeah, this would make you uncomfortable, I think. <laughs> and I definitely want to read it. I want to this be uncomfortable. This is right up Ashley's alley. I read Courting the Coronavirus, so what? you cannot. <laughs> we will be doing a bonus episode about Courting the Coronavirus one day. I, oh, good God. This is an excerpt. It says, I watch as Topare extends a limb toward Nambra. It changes shape from a hand-like appendage until it's one solid branch. He doesn't bother smoothing off the surface, so it penetrates Nambra with a slightly sharp end and bark-like skin. Oh, my God. We also have additional pleasure organs. The best way to describe them would be small tentacles that sit where a clit would be for human females. Prince Charming could find that. That shit. You're he not, wouldn't know what to do with it. He I might think kid, he would run he might a little kid bit. Yeah. I would also like to inform the audience that I take back oh. my previous mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. assessment. She's been on a journey for the last week. I have grown up. We've been on this journey you, with her. I would still bang Aladdin, but I would secretly behind his back be banging his dad, Kasim. I think we're at that age now where we're like, oh my God. We we'll go for the dad. The, He's got way more charisma. More je ne sais quoi than Aladdin does. And I think he's taller, too. I, I, oh, yes, yes, yes he's yes. definitely. And, and y'all know that's my Buffer, thing. too, Height. he's bigger. 
Ashley, I know that you are reading or listening to Prince Harry's new book. Oh, how Listen, that? I haven't gotten very far into it yet mm. because I've been trying to get through my TBR like a responsible human being. So I haven't read as much as I should. But let me tell you, when he digs about William's hair, oh, I alarming. It is so funny. He talks about how William looks less and less like Princess Diana with the loss of his hair. I'm like, oh, that, you, that's that a dig. Funny. That is a little brother dig if I've ever well, heard one. I need to read it to formulate an opinion. Yeah, I haven't read it. I can't formulate an opinion. I will I'm finish team it. Harry and Meghan, but yes. he, put, he put a little too much in it. If I was Meghan, I'd be like... You get mommy issues, and he, it's fair. He does have, he does he does issues. have mommy 100%. issues. He's also he, got some daddy issues, too. Oh, 100 Well, they got a lot of issues. Got a lot. Can you imagine? But I still would let him fuck the issues out of me. Yes, he is very good looking. He is so good looking. I would tell y'all what I'm reading, but I can't because it's probably coming up. There's an episode. This week in our book, the main character sets on changing her life by making a list. What would be on your list to change your life? And she specifically asks Red, what is something you want to do but haven't done yet? I don't know. What is something that would be on your list? Honestly, on my list yeah. is to win the lottery. I was about to say, I need to have something <laughs> with a lot of money. That's not something you can just make happen, know, though. That would be my wishes, I guess. If I, I would say, wishes. I'm going to be vulnerable okay. with our audience. Oh, do okay. it. I suffer from a lot of anxiety and mental issues. I take medication. I have a disabled child and a lot of trauma from different things, including that. I'm sorry to be so depressing <laughs> on this funny podcast. Podcast. But I think a lot of people can relate. I think a lot of things. people can relate. So I don't mind sharing. I would like to go on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> All that to say is I am scared to go on a cruise. Yeah. My mom is you, too. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of that is my anxiety issues of mm-hmm. being stuck yeah. on something. And it's, I feel like that's not like irrational. It's not irrational. Yeah. No. I'm not scared of the boat sinking. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of my, I'm scared of having anxiety. I'm scared of the fear. I'm not scared of the actual ship. I so. can relate to that 100%. So if I could do anything, it would be go on a cruise. We're going to get husband. you on a cruise. With my husband and have a good time because he loves a cruise. And Anna, what what would you do? Oh gosh, what what would be on my list? I would love to actually run a marathon. Really? Now the idea of training for a marathon, yeah, is not mm-hmm. anything. But so the only thing I've done before, I've done a few five Ks, and it's some of them were like legit five Ks, and some of them were like the fun five Ks, like the balloon five, like the jumper five K, and the like mm. paint one, whatever. Like yeah. they were fun. But I've done. A a few of those and those aren't hard that's like what three miles something like that it's not hard (laughs) at the time you have to get like I was pre-baby and I was running every morning but I loved it I hated like running for it but I just love the adrenaline whenever it gets done and you're in that big crowd of everyone like that big adrenaline rush of I just ran this yeah yeah I would love that it like an actual mar- like the Disney princess. What is it? The Disney marathon? What is that one? The Disney. Yeah, there is a Disney marathon. Yeah, like, I don't know. What I it would is. love to do that. I want to wear a big tutu, look like oh, a yeah, Disney I think princess. My sister-in-law did that, and I want to. I want to run that marathon. 
Will I ever be able to do that now? Absolutely not. No. You could. You would have to train. I would have to do so much training. Allie, if you could do one thing that would be out of your comfort zone, but that might change your life, what would you do? I think in general, this is hard because it's not like a very specific thing, but I do think my life would be changed if I could be a more vulnerable person. Mm. I'm a very like, I'm in control. I don't let my wall down. You're very strong. Yeah. You come off as very strong. That's been like my trauma. There was a lot of growing up that I had to do really quickly. And I am just also just not naturally a vulnerable person. Yeah. Because I want you to tell me that I'm strong. Mm -hmm. They want to take steps to being a more vulnerable person, a more open person. But I don't have a physical. Let me write on the list. I This is what I need to do to get there. I think that's an excellent, excellent thing. I don't know what the steps would be yeah but that's really brave that would be a very brave thing even me saying thank you to you telling me i'm brave i don't like for saying, me <laughs> i don't like saying thank you to people because it makes me feel like something was deficient in me that oh, they needed oh. that's not what i was thinking that way but i can see what you're saying i see yeah. exactly how both of y'all were taking that look at us little mini look counselors like when michael cleans a house i don't like saying thank you because i feel like i was deficient because you didn't mm-hmm. do it good enough mm-hmm. see i don't like saying thank you because i'm like you should clean the house yeah well also that <laughs> well see like, i'm earlier, just like an inherently like a meaner person than ashley is when martin came home he picked up a few <laughs> things and was cleaning up i've been sick for the past few days i haven't done anything so my house looks like a freaking train just went through it but anyway my husband came home from work and picked up a few things and my immediate response even though number one he would never get mad at me and number two he'd never like say anything to me about that was to be like i'm so sorry like i had to apologize because i felt like i failed it not doing something even though i've been sick for the past three days right which is dumb and he just kind of was like what are you apologizing for exactly and he's right yeah what are you apologizing for but you can't help but feel that Mm -hmm. i think i need to work on maybe apologizing more Mm -hmm. i think that is a step to vulnerability that i'm not usually willing to take this week we want to take a few minutes to acknowledge that this month is february and black history month when we started this podcast we knew we wanted to make sure that we were covering diverse authors diverse characters and subject matters but we also are three white women and so we know that we have a platform and we know we want to learn and grow and promote diversity in all spaces whether it be race gender sexual identity so we want to be open and we want to promote as many authors of color as many authors from the lgbtq community so all that saying today we're doing get a life chloe brown by talia hibbert but we're not going to focus on black authors during just the month of february we want to make sure that we're focusing on bipoc authors throughout the whole year and not just the month and we are aware of the hardships and the struggle that many BIPOC authors have had in the publishing industry, on social media, just in all different aspects. So we want to do our part of highlighting and promoting authors of color throughout the whole year. Yes. And on that note, if you have any recommendations for any BIPOC indie authors in the community, please send us an email with your indie author Rex for stories written by BIPOC authors. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get into our book, but before we do that, I'm going to go pick up my DoorDash order. We're going to take a break.
So our book this week is called Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Talia is a black British author of over 15 romance books, including our book today, which comes from the Brown Sisters series. Talia says she writes sexy, diverse romances because she believes that people of marginalized identities need honest and positive representation. Her writing style to me is chef's kiss, phenomenal. Her dialogue, I loved it. I was squealing in laughter at different parts. Yes. <laughs> like, it was so good. Did you, And you listened to the audio. Amazing. I did, too. It I did amazing. not. Surprise. Well, okay, but, so I do both. I always uh-huh. do both. I yeah. read and listen to audio, but I will say I listened to 90% of this on audiobook because the narrator was so good. And I actually looked her up. What's her name? The narrator of this book is Anjoa Ando. She plays Lady Danbury on Bridgerton. If you love Bridgerton, you might want to check out this audiobook. I knew that Talia Hibbert, and it says it right here on the back of the book, Talia Hibbert is a black British author. But for some reason, my mind did not see British. And so when I started reading this book, I was so surprised. I seriously thought this was taking place in New York. Yeah, like I just just did oh it. no, immediately I knew it was And then I was reading it and I was like, this is very British language. When it got to Red talking, I realized that he was British and I was still thinking, <laughs> this is in America. <laughs> I knew he was British. This is America. Um, when I listened to the audiobook, I was like, oh, thank God. Because the way Chloe was talking, I was like, this is really strange. And it turned out it's because she's British. It, it makes a lot more sense, yeah. her being British. And her yeah. being upper class British. Yes. Everything we read is about rich people. I I know. We've talked about this every day. Except for Ice Planet Barbarians and The Never King. Yeah. So our book this week is Get a Life, Chloe Brown. And our book opens with our main character almost dying. Chloe Brown sees her life flash before her eyes when she's almost run over by a car. And in the aftermath, she realizes that she hasn't really been living. She thinks she's a bore with no friends who never travels and doesn't do anything that isn't carefully planned out in her planner, which I can't relate because I don't even know where my planner is right now. (laughs) (laughs) And which is probably a reason why I'm having trouble remembering things. So Chloe decides to come up with a list and step number one is to move out on her own. She currently lives at home with a bunch of her family, which includes her two sisters, Danny and Eve, which, spoiler alert, they have their own books too after this. We also learn that Chloe has fibromyalgia and has chronic pain, which sometimes, in her own words, makes her body veto things. Yes. Yeah. I like the terms that Talia uses in terms of like pain and different things, like Mm -hmm. how she explains it a lot in this book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt like it was a realistic view on living with a chronic painful disease where nothing is easy but it Mm -hmm. doesn't totally limit you but people don't always understand we'll talk some more about it as the book goes on two months later we find chloe living in her own apartment where the superintendent for the complex is a man named redford morgan and can i just go ahead and say right now are you gonna bring up the hand washing no i was not (laughs) i'd forgotten about it honestly i want to say to our audience however many of you whoever you are this man pulls veggie casserole out of a toilet okay because he's the superintendent (laughs) he -hmm. pulls veggie casserole out of the toilet for this old lady and he has to comfort her because she's crying that her grandchildren don't like this veggie casserole and he's so nice and i was like 
Oh my God. If you know me by now, I have a thing about cleanliness. The man took his gloves off, did not immediately go and help this woman. He washed his freaking hands. So you immediately want to do him. I have in my book, I have written, yes. <laughs> I have it circled awkwardly. She sent us a screenshot. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was so happy. I immediately fell in love. This man could do no wrong after that. I was sold. Sold 100%. So we meet Redford Morgan, who likes to go by Red for short, which all I can say is I love that name. I thought it was so cute. And he has red hair. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. And her, I don't know if I like it as much if he has and red And her hair. grandma's name is Garnet. <laughs> <laughs> Talia Hibbert likes colors. <laughs> Maroon. <gasps> She's, She's a Red fan. <laughs> but we find out that Red is beloved by all the neighbors. Except one who he also can't stand because she is rude and spoiled. And that's Miss Chloe Brown. Her posh, crisp accent reminds him of the people and places he would rather forget. And a woman who squeezed his heart in her fist when she left him. We later learn that woman is named Pippa and she is his ex-girlfriend. Chloe and Red literally manage to run into each other with Chloe running right into Red's throat. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. He's like, I can't breathe. That hurts when you get hit in the yeah. throat. That's so funny because usually it's the meat cute. Oh, sorry. And he like catches mm-hmm. her by the waist or whatever. But she literally throat chops him. He thinks that she's an ice queen and they always manage to get, get off on the wrong foot in basically every interaction they have. All right. So we learn a little bit about what Chloe's life looks like living with fibromyalgia, the constant pain. She talks about bone deep exhaustion, headaches, stiff joints, confusion, side effects from her medication, just a whole list of things that really make life harder than it already is. But we do learn that her sisters are always there to support her. They always love her and check up on her a lot. They're sweet. Yeah. Chloe says most people have trouble accepting the fact that Chloe was ill. Fibromyalgia and chronic pain were invisible afflictions, so they were easy to dismiss. Yes. Yeah. And I relate to that personally. Mm -hmm. Not that I have a physical chronic illness, but I have a mental Mm -hmm. chronic illness. So I... Well, people think if you can't see it, it's not there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for my child, for a long time, people couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. So that was difficult. But now he's older and you can tell. Mm -hmm. So I, I related to that. And I think sometimes even if they can tell, there's an air of just get over it. Just pull yourself up. Work harder. I've literally been told that. Right. So yeah. 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 So Chloe, as part of moving out, she made her list, what she calls her get a life list. Step number one, move out, which she can cross off because she did. Number two, enjoy a drunken night out. Number three, ride a motorbike. Number four, go camping. Number five, have meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex. (laughs) Number six, travel the world with nothing but hand luggage. Very British. Number seven, do something bad which she's already checked off as well. Eek. Ooh, what did she do? <laughs> so she had done something bad, all right. She had spied on her neighbor through his window one night mm. on accident in the beginning while he had been painting and he was shirtless. Mm. And she might have spied on him more than just that one time. I and mean, it's the neighbor gorgeous. who she doesn't like and who doesn't like her, Redford Morgan. And this last time that she did it, he turned around and caught her, but she didn't realize that he saw her. And Red doesn't know why Chloe, of all people, who he knows can't stand him, would watch him through the window, but he wasn't actually 
actually bothered by it. We learn that Red is an actual artist, but he doesn't sell his art anymore. Something happened and he can't bring himself to do it anymore. Did he say something like he wonders if she's watching him like an animal, like watching an animal yes. at his zoo? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And that was like how- his first, like looking down on him. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's his impression of Chloe. Because mm-hmm. he yeah. always runs into her at these most awkward <laughs> moments. Yeah. There was like one time where she like threw a drink down someone's mail like mm-hmm. postal mailbox yes <laughs> no, because like they were being completely rude an old ladies like someone and 75th birthday and <laughs> also this one lady come up to, came up to her and was asking her about her hair and if mm-hmm. it was real and i will say like i know this from learning this mm-hmm. you don't do that you don't do that to a black woman yeah you don't act yeah absolutely not. yeah she started touching mm-hmm. it yeah. So Chloe goes off on this woman and then Red just sees her going off on this woman, doesn't see what provoked it. And that's Yeah, she was cornered by some yummy mummy in the courtyard and asked, Is that a wig? All right, so we next meet Chloe when she's walking out on one of her irregular walks, as she calls them, which I thought was very funny. She's walking one day and she finds a cat stuck in a tree near her apartment. Fucking cat. And this cat plays her. Oh my god. This 100%. cat is sitting up in a tree and she decides that she's got to save the cat and so she climbs up that tree not thinking that the cat could probably get down but she is having a full-blown conversation with this cat she is. she's like. talking to this cat yeah. in her very posh british way so she feels like she has to save this cat and so she climbs that tree and she's pushing her physical limits and she knows that she's pushing her physical limits but she still has got to do it but her body is revolting to this. We also learned that she considers her body to be, quote, unquote, big boned. And she isn't sure if the branches can hold her. I think it says she weighed 15 stones, which I looked and it was like 210 pounds. Thank you for doing that research. You're welcome. So she's stuck on the branch and she convinces the cat <laughs> to come to her. <laughs> she's out on this branch. And in convincing the cat, she makes a promise that she's going to protect it upon life or death. And she hears from below, so will I. Chloe looks down and it is none other than Redford Morgan standing down at the bottom of the tree. And he asks Chloe if she's stuck. And eventually she is able to say that she is stuck. And Red helps her down and gets the cat down from the tree. And the whole time they are just bickering back and forth. It's so adorable. I was going to say, I think that was my favorite part of the whole book was their back and forths. Yes. Of just like her being posh and him just being like that golden retriever energy, mm-hmm. pushing her buttons More on middle purpose. Class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed their banter. The dialogue in here was so well done. I I, I would want to hear it, it especially was, in her yes. in the narrator's voice. I feel like she that did would be good. She mm-hmm. did such a good so job. So good. <clears throat> but when they are down, when they get down from the tree, Chloe is in lots of pain and red can tell that something is wrong he keeps asking her are you hurt and he basically insists on seeing her to her apartment and making sure she's okay but she doesn't allow him to do that and she limps back to her apartment trying to pretend like she's fine but red can't stay away he goes and he knocks around on her apartment door because he 
Jess has to check on her and he basically barges in and invites himself in and he's poking around her apartment and he discovers that she's a web designer. And the whole time he's in there, he's trying to make her admit that she is hurt. He can see the signs that something isn't right and she tells him that she's always in pain, so it doesn't matter. She has chronic pain. And during their conversation, Red mentions he needs a website and Chloe comes up with a proposition for him. She will give him a free consult on a website and he will take her for a ride on his motorbike perfect Mm. what a perfect exchange (laughs) so a motorbike is what we would could say a motorcycle right yeah i like it better as motorbike i think that is a cooler name it's harley davidson (laughs) he took her out there on his harley his harley his big hog chloe's sister comes to visit and to talk to her about her list and the handsome red who helped her save the cat that she has named smidge chloe smudge smudge Right? Smidge. Smudge. Smudge. It's smudge on the audiobook. Damn. I think I call this cat smidge throughout the whole book. <laughs> it's smudge because of the thing. It's like, it, it looks dirty, right? Oh. It's smudge. It's yeah. smudge. Like and that smudge. makes a lot more sense. Great. Great cat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Remind me of that when I get it right. First we had Antoine, then we had smidge. Chloe is talking about how awkward it is to date while disabled and she thinks people are just looking for a way out whenever she's in relationship with them. People along the way have taught her that promises of affection and devotion turn to dust when things get tough. True. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of people can relate to in their relationships. Very much. Yeah. And next, we find Red having a sexy dream about Miss Chloe Brown, and he wakes up and can't stop thinking about her during the day while he works. And when he gets back to his apartment, he can't resist and just needs to relieve (laughs) some of the tension. Has to take care of it. So he has to take care of it. He reaches past his waistband and he palms himself. And just as he's getting right there, knock, knock, knock. And it's Chloe Brown at the door. I thought that was so funny. And she's like, are you a little flustered? Are you okay? And he is flustered. I was just masturbating (laughs) while thinking (laughs) about you. you. Yeah. So she asks him, have you been sleeping on the job? And he's like, yes. I was taking a nap. He's like, I'd much rather for you to think that I was sleeping versus (laughs) masturbating. Jerking off. To you. To you. (laughs) So Chloe's there because she's here for her consult for his website and he needs to show her his artwork so that she can know the best way to design the website. This is a really big deal for him because he hasn't shown his current artwork to anybody. Like we said, he had withdrawn from whatever he was doing. At this point, we don't really know a lot. And Chloe is very moved by his artwork and he finds himself anxious to see how she responds to his artwork. And that caught him by surprise that he was like, what is she going to think? She Um, liked it. And she did, yeah. She very much liked it. She recognized a little bit of herself in his artwork, Mm -hmm. I believe. And then after seeing his art, it's time for her ride on his motorcycle. So Red helps her on the bike. Right in front of her was Redford. She wasn't sure if she was intimidated or aroused. She checked and discovered that she was both. <laughs> Righto, then. 
so, I love all those little comments. Oh my God, they're yes. so good. I love that she talks to herself in the book. So they ride on the bike and Chloe loves it. And Red thinks back about the time that he took Pippa out on the bike and she hated it and yelled at him and said, never again. And after the bike ride, Chloe, who's had a really good time, starts feeling really guilty about peeping through his window and goes to tell him. She'd already tried to tell him once before, but he doesn't want their conversations or their relationships to change or to end in some way because she confesses this. So instead, he changes the subject really quick and asks her why she wanted to ride on the bike. And she tells him she has a list and maybe he can help her with more of the items on the list and she can help him do his web website. And she tells him it's called her get a life list. So they spend the next few days emailing back and forth they definitely have flirty tones back and yes. forth in their emails. Oh, those emails were so cute. They were adorable emails, yeah. for real. They were, like, truly flirty. Truly, They yeah. seemed very authentic. Yeah. Stuff I would send to Michael yes. when we weren't dating. It was cute. Yeah. Picking on each other. Like, I found myself smiling the whole time I was reading them. So they're both thinking about the emails back and forth. What do these mean? Do they mean something more? And Chloe falls asleep working, and she wakes up to knocking on the door, and Red Red is there to discuss her list and she tells him she needs to go drinking for a night out and camping and those are the two things that he can help her the most with and he asks her about being sick and she tells him that she's not sick but she does have fibromyalgia and she ends up telling him her story about she used to have friends and even a fiance but one day after playing in the rain she got pneumonia and nearly died she got better but her body still hurt and when she asked for help no one but her family believed her even doctors were saying it was all in her head they needed to check out mental counseling and without the right coping mechanisms because she wasn't getting the help that she needed she ended up just avoiding everything and saying no to things because she knew that it would hurt and make things worse and so eventually her friends disappeared and her fiance lost his patience basically immediately and he didn't believe her at all we don't know if chloe was 210 pounds when this happened but this is an issue a lot of people who are considered overweight mm -hmm. face they go yes. to the doctor and they are not believed mm -hmm. they are told they need to lose weight and that will solve everything. And that will solve mm -hmm. everything. I listened to a good podcast. It's called Maintenance Phase. It's Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs. It's very good if you want to learn more about the misconceptions we have about health and wellness and how people who are seen as overweight are treated and how unfairly they are treated and the biases we have towards people who are considered overweight. Mm -hmm. I, recommend, I highly recommend that mm -hmm. podcast. When I was listening to Chloe, it gave me a different perspective on the health aspect of mm -hmm. things. That's a good point. So after they're done talking, Chloe is struggling physically and Red helps her. And while that happens, he tells her he wants to kiss her. But Chloe feels out of control, so she tells him to stop. Which I thought was brave. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because for me in the past, there have been times where I felt like I had to kiss the person because I'd gotten myself into that situation. You didn't want to let him down yeah. after you had already. Yeah. I didn't know how to put the brakes on mm -hmm. and, and recognize in the moment, okay, I'm uncomfortable and I don't know if this is the right step for me. So I need to stop it right there. Chloe was very assertive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think she has learned how to be. Yeah. Because of things she has Because of her through. past mm -hmm. and everything yeah. she's gone through. And there's a little fear there as 
as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I applaud her assertiveness. So whoever is listening, if you are in the middle of a situation and you decide you don't like it, say it. You can say no. At any moment. So the next day, Chloe takes Smudge to the vet where she discovers that he does have an owner and she's going to have to give him back. That was sad. Yeah. She loves Smudge. Yeah. And she thinks that the owner must be so irresponsible because the cat got out. I know. She definitely. (laughs) She would hate me. (laughs) That's all I could think of is Chloe would hate me. Full disclosure. (laughs) I don't even know if I want to tell y'all this. Should I tell the people what I did? You can tell us and edit it out if you don't feel comfortable with it. (sighs) I got a cat for my birthday, probably 2016. And a little bit after my next birthday, I was backing out of my garage. (gasps) Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. (laughs) I got my music going because be responsible. Do that before you start driving off. And I was going to my sister's birthday party and I back up and I hear a thump. Mm. And then I keep backing up thinking I must have just maybe a toy or something. And there was another thump in my heart of hearts. I knew I had run over that cat. And sure enough, I backed up even further all the way out my driveway and I looked and I had run over the cat. Oh my God. So Chloe would hate me. I hated myself and I have a cat now. That I have not run over. I've not run over. (laughs) I I am very careful. She'll run outside before I get a chance to stop her. Mm -hmm. Because cats do that shit. We have had to buy an extremely tall ladder because of how many times this cat has gotten caught in a tree. And she cannot get down. Really? She cannot get down. I think one time she's been able to get down out of the tree. So maybe that cat wasn't playing Chloe. That cat was playing Chloe. Okay. If if Chloe could climb that tree, the cat was playing Chloe. Okay. Okay. These are trees that I could not climb. They're like really tall, like pine trees. I have... A picture of me trying to climb the tree (laughs) to save my baby. And I could not get up. The tree gave me a rash because I was like (laughs) straddling the branch. You're trying to like move on that thing. Oh, my God. Anyways, the day of their drinking date has arrived. And Red is taking her out to a nightclub. And when they're there, they have some shots and they talk back and forth. And Chloe tells them that she doesn't actually like the nightclub. Good for her. Yeah. Good on her. I think she was thinking of things that she thought that she should want to do. And if she was leading a, quote, normal life, then she would go to nightclubs with her friends. She said it was the friends aspect. Right. She realizes Mm -hmm. later it's the company company Mm -hmm. that she was wanting, Mm -hmm. not the club. Yeah. Yeah. The club Mm -hmm. and the drinking and all that. Yeah. So she asked Red, where would he go for fun? So he takes her to an art gallery. And while they're at the art gallery, she asks him, what is something you want to do but haven't yet? And he tells her that he wants to go to the MoMA in New York, which is the Museum of Modern Art. I have been to the MoMA. It is very cool. Oh, you're posh. So after the gallery, they walk and they take a break near a stone monument. And this is where Chloe finally, finally, finally Mm. has the courage to confess that she sometimes has watched him paint through the window, specifically when he doesn't have a shirt on. So he asks her why, and she says, I watched because when you paint, you seem so vital. It felt like coming to life. And that just did something for him. It really did. It really resonated with him. So he cups her face and tells her he wants to make her moan again. Mm. Not just, I want to kiss you. I want to make you moan. moan again. And she thought he was going to kiss her. 
but he bit her instead. And he bit her on the lip. Vampire. <laughs> he sucked her blood. And he didn't just bite her. He convinces her to touch herself right there in public, hidden behind the monument. Yeah, I was expecting her to be like, no. Yeah, she didn't even balk at it. No, really. like, I, I was expecting her to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. It says, when she slid her hand under her skirt, his came along for the ride. Mm. Firm, easy strength. And I think this is where we get a peek into the dirty, dirty mouth of one Redford Morgan. I was a little shocked by that. He's dirty. Yeah, he's dirty. His dirty mouth is what gets her going. Yeah. Later. Yeah. But I was like a little, oh, okay. Okay, cleaning out toilets, washing your hands. (laughs) You got a dirty mouth. I'm fine with your mouth being dirty as long as your hands clean, baby. Go on. So some of his dirty talk, he squeezed her thigh and whispered hot against her cheek, I want to hold you open like this when you take my cock. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. So he pulls down her dress. And he makes her come right there outside, not in broad daylight, but in public. And right as they hear, some people start to walk by. But he doesn't expect her to return the favor, which I thought was very nice of him. So she's an exhibitionist. It seems like it. She seemed to really enjoy and that. he's a voyeur. Or he may be an exhibitionist as well. I was going to say, he wasn't, well, I guess he was watching. He, he wasn't like a super. He was, he was he a was part a of it. part of it, but like not, yeah. Kink experts, please email us <laughs> at the rainy day smut for at gmail.com and if let you us are know. involved in the act does that make you a voyeur please after she comes down from her orgasm and they start walking red can sense that something is bothering her and he asked her about it but at the same time that he asked that chloe knows starts hollering for her and it turns out to be chloe's aunt and chloe immediately freezes up and doesn't know how to answer the questions and when asked who red is she says oh he's no one and red Mm -hmm. is very hurt by that statement it triggers some past things for him yes and when her aunt leaves chloe tries to make it better because she can tell that what she said bothered him but she only makes it worse when she refers to what they have as an exchange of services he does feel like oh she just thinks i'm no one and i had all these feelings for her it triggered him. Chloe is good at recognizing triggers. Like when right. someone has been triggered. Yeah. She notices it, but she doesn't always know what to do with that once right. they are triggered. Which is hard. It's hard to know how to help someone in the moment sometimes. Yes. And she fumbles it. Yeah. Oh, she fumbles it big time. Yeah. Right. So with that fumble, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. So Red is constantly thinking about Chloe and how things went down a few days earlier. And he can't get out of the cycle of thinking about her words and how they hurt him. Seeing how she was genuinely upset and immediately recognized it and immediately said sorry. But he's not able to fully believe it because Pippa would always use I'm sorry's 
and she used to really gaslight him with them. Right. That is a lot of times how manipulative people turn the situation. Narcissistic people. mm, Yeah. When it's something that they did, they turn it on you and they make you feel like you were the one who somehow ruined it all with whatever action that, that you caused them to do. But Red, on his own, recognizes that he's in this cycle and he finally decides that it's time for him to reach out to a th- therapist for help. Love that. Yes. I, oh, that part. I, okay, so I was in the shower when I was listening to this part of the audiobook, and I squealed in happiness. I was like, oh my God, yes. A man is yes. going to therapy. And he's like recognizing it on his own, oh, recognizing it the cycle so he's good. in, and then reaching out all on his own. And he didn't need somebody to come in and point it all out and lay it all out for him. He just took charge. He and was like, it. you know yeah. what? I have this thing I'm going through. I need help. I'm going to get help. Like, just did it. Yeah. I think it's okay to need someone to help you do it. But I like seeing a man. I think it's helpful because a lot of times with this toxic masculinity, it's hard for a man to recognize it and then to take the step to do it. And I also want to recognize that it's not an immediate, the trauma with him happened and then he did this. He's had this person's number. Mm-hmm. for months it's been a while it took him a while to get mm-hmm. there but i'm proud of him mm-hmm. i'm even more in love yeah he washed his hands he can dirty <laughs> talk and he's going to therapy so far this is this and is got, top tier of all of the books we've read he's got long hair <laughs> oh, and he's got long hair actually fodder i yes yes <laughs> fuck me fuck, just, fuck me redford fuck me, just redford. Go straight for it i'll call you your full name redford you ginger i think i would call him redford a lot I like I that. Really name. like the name. During this time, Chloe has to give Smudge back to his owner. Mm. His owner ends up being a really quirky woman named Annie. Oh, you're Chloe. I want to be your friend. We should get coffee sometime. And Serial Chloe is like, I hate this woman. Why is she this way? <laughs> if this was not a rom com, I would have been like, Is this the murderer? Is this a serial killer that's coming in? Oh my god. So the next day, Red comes by Chloe's apartment and he tells her that he is mad, but he acknowledges that he doesn't think that she meant what she said. Which I feel like is really healthy. This man, he is not morally gray, but he's so good (laughs) that it makes up for him not being morally gray to me. So that's one thing I tell my kids all the time. You can be angry. Like they'll come to me and they'll say they're upset Mm -hmm. about something. And I'm like, that's one thing that I think we gloss over a lot in society. Oh, you're not supposed to be angry. You're allowed to feel whatever emotion you want to feel. It's justified and it doesn't need to be explained. Even if the other person didn't mean it, it's the way that you perceived Mm -hmm. it and took it. You're allowed to feel angry, but you just need to acknowledge is that purposeful anger? Is it, was it meant whatever? Feel your emotions, but also know in the end, this wasn't the intended outcome. Mm-hmm. And don't act on and those don't emotions. And don't act those, mm-hmm. on those emotions. Yes, yeah. that's a big thing. Don't act Unless on it. Unless it's an appropriate reaction. Right. Yeah. And during the conversation, he can almost immediately tell that she doesn't feel good. And he, this man literally cannot stop himself from helping her. <laughs> and he picks her up and carries her into the living room. And she does give him a real apology and confesses that she does really want him, but is scared of the complications. She's scared of the realness and future impacts that it might have. Brave of her. Mm-hmm. I also think she's had to be so strong that it's, yeah. this would be me being vulnerable. Yeah. And I don't know. And she doesn't know how to do that. Because the last time that she was, people that left. Fire. And Red's pretty smug because she basically told him that she does really want him. 
So he makes her dinner and it makes her really sleepy. He takes her back to the bed and lays her on the bed and then she convinces him to lay down next to her. Doesn't she say you smell like sleep? Yeah, I think that's what To me, that's you smell like home. And then the next morning she makes him breakfast and she tells him she is scared and she is very aware that it is holding her back but she wants to give it a try and he says that he wants to give it a try too then he finally kisses her but red hears her talking about natural endorphins (laughs) (laughs) or endorphins are natural painkillers so he wants to offer her a few endorphins and he says well orgasms cause endorphins and endorphins Um, make you happy she says they do (laughs) and he says want one (laughs) (laughs) he's very much a man of his word and he does deliver on endorphins she ended up sitting primly on the edge of her bed with a tightly leashed storm of a man kneeling between her thighs she grabbed one of his hands and shoved it between her thighs rocking her swollen clit into his palm she knows what she wants she does and the whole time she is like fuck me (laughs) please he says you want to know what i like best he said you're soft wet cunt Oh, Chloe. I don't know why it shocks me every time, but it does. Because <laughs> he's so nice. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's, he's golden retriever energy. Yeah. I guess I'm used to that being the morally gray person. who mm. He tells her, you're so beautiful, so beautiful. And the longer I look, the better it gets. So when he's done torturing her and she finally comes, she comes with tears in her eyes. And he says he knew she would cry because she feels so much. Yes. And that is something that she talks about is because of her fibromyalgia the doctors tell her that she feels things more extremely so maybe she found an upside of that because she thinks that she's feeling these pleasure sensations a little bit more mm-hmm. even um, despite her medication which i would like yeah. to say go lady on all that med and you still feeling it i'm proud of you i want what you got <laughs> you're defying you're defying science You defy science, Chloe Brown, and we love you for it, you little posh Brit thing, you. (laughs) Go on and defy science. So Red gets everything ready for them to go camping, because that's on her list. She's got to go camping. They going glamping. This is lies. (laughs) Also, I'm not sure how British people camp, but it is a little bit different. (laughs) I think my sister's been camping in Scotland. Oh, really? Yeah. We'll have to ask her if this is a fair representation. (laughs) Oh, sister, I'm sorry I talked about you on my nasty podcast. I know you don't like it. (laughs) I don't care. I don't give Uh, a fuck what you think. You left me for a Brit. Have fight in Scotland. So they're camping, and he set up the campsite, and he makes it all swoon-worthy and cute, and he especially sets up an air mattress and (laughs) fairy lights in the tent. He's like, I was not expecting the fairy lights. For this air mattress. Oh my. <laughs> I have been camping and I have slept on an air mattress. And that is not the first time no. I have sex with somebody. I don't want to do it on an air mattress. <laughs> if that's the case, it has got to be like extreme lustful in the moment. Yeah. Can't stop. Someone this, this, with there's nowhere else to go. A chronic, painful. <laughs> and you're going to do it on an air mattress? No. I'm like, Talia, I love you. This was a little off the wall. (laughs) But before that, she does change her list. 
Before they go camping, Chloe modifies her list. Mm. And instead of having meaningless yet thoroughly enjoyable sex, she marks that off and says, keep red. Oh, it was sweet. But I knew right then, as soon as he went on the list, I thought, oh, crap. Yeah. This yeah. is going to get He's going to find it or yep. something. Yeah. Yeah. But back to the air mattress. So I am married to a tall, big man, which is how I picture Red. I picture him as pretty tall and uh, pretty buff. And I have been with him on an air mattress. It's not fun? It is not fun, no. Sleeping next to someone who is that size on an air mattress. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And this scene is a little ruined for me because I can't get past it. <laughs> Michael just thinking and I, about Walt. Michael and I had sex on an air mattress. <laughs> I just think the way you would bounce would be so odd. We were on a mission trip. <laughs> oh, oh, the Lord. Think about the Lord, and Ashley. They were married. It was it was biblical sex. We had okay. been married for a few months. Well, this mission trip to somewhere in the United States. And they removed us from the guest bedroom, this family, because her parents came into town. So she put us in the basement on an air mattress. <laughs> and I was so mad that they had to christen their basement. You had revenge sex. I was like, you know what? We're going to have sex on this fucking air mattress. <laughs> I have to say, I've never had sex on the air mattress. I, I don't think we did. No. So Red and Chloe are <laughs> roasting marshmallows over a really random portable roasting fire that Red brought. Can I say something? How the fuck did he fit all these cushions in two bags? I don't, yeah. I saw, I did think of that. He used a... He used one of like a vacuum, vacuum sealers. sealers. Yeah. Okay. I thought about that. And if you agree with me on that, then I'm okay. I, Talia, I'm letting you slide. I can go camping if we have a whole bag just of vacuum sealed pillows and mattresses. I'll take that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Out of all of the realistic things in the book, this is at the bottom. <laughs> this is the least realistic. Forgive it. But while they're talking and roasting marshmallows, Red realizes he loves Chloe. And he also chooses to open up about his past with his ex. Pippa and the trauma he went through in their relationship. She was physically and verbally abusive of him and he didn't realize it until his mom said something to him about it but the damage had been done. Go mom. I know. By the way. Yes. My mama did that same thing for me. Mm. Go mothers. Moms know. They just know. I also like the twist on this with the woman being mm -hmm. the one who is verbally and physically mm -hmm. attacked. Yeah, so she stabbed him with a fork. Yeah, yeah. It's insane to me. Yeah. It, why is she not in jail? And it She's just rich. shows you, like, the lasting impact your words can have mm -hmm. on somebody. She really just beat him down, and he basically lost all of his self-worth. She claimed that she was the one that made him successful, and that it, without her, he was nothing. So the damage had been done by the time that he broke it off, and he left London, and he pulled all of his artwork, and he left really defeated, and that's where he's been working on himself for the last year and a half. And I love Chloe's reaction to this. She gets angry and she's held up and Chloe says, you were hurt and you reacted. You were in an unhealthy situation. Don't dismiss your emotions. This is a very emotionally mature couple. Sometimes we like the emotions and the sweet side too. We're not just about that, the that's sex. That's part of the sex. For me, it definitely is. We like a well-rounded, a well-rounded man who can talk dirty to me. Talk dirty to but me. But also give me a therapy session. <sighs> 
Anyways, they go inside the tent and Redford has put up the air mattress and he's set up some fairy lights and Chloe is smitten with it and she sees the effort and the care that Red takes in thinking for her and this is what makes her realize that she does love him. The air mattress, it did it. That was the love scene right there. She says she was in love with Redford Morgan and quite horribly too. That air mattress, it really got her. Yeah. So Red pushes her onto the air mattress. Every time you say air mattress, I laugh. I can't help it. He pushes her on that it's gonna go air boom, mattress. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, she's going to like bounce I was gonna a bit say, a she, bit. And she bounced weirdly when he pushed her on the air mattress. And then she bounced again when he climbed on. <laughs> <laughs> and as she's bouncing, the, the reverberations and as, Allie as is he's bouncing with around, word. even when they're taking off their clothes, yes. she's bouncing. It's but, like an awkward. But she says he likes the way it's making her bounce when she's taking off her clothes. I think he talks about her boobs. Like her boobs a, are jiggling. Absolutely. He is in love with her boobs. <laughs> and so he kissed her jaw and whispered against her skin. So, you gonna let me slide inside that pretty pussy tonight, Chloe? Mm. Mm. Red. <laughs> On, his air On the air mattress. And Chloe basically demands that he fuck her, and they undress, and his mouth starts exploring her whole body. Mm. And after his mouth explores, then he shoved those wonderfully thick fingers inside her, and she let out a moan of her own, a sharp, broken thing that was closer to a scream. I am irrationally angry. Hygiene. Red Redford. You just had sticky, sugary marshmallows Ooh. all over your fingers. You are going to give this woman a yeast infection. One hundred percent. doesn't bother me. Ugh. I don't want her to get a yeast infection, but it was just sugar, a marshmallow. Sugar in the hoo-ha. And make it taste better. <laughs> the, the candida. The candida is going to I mean, go I personally. I wrote it in my book. I said, why red? Sugar in the pussy. Marshmallow hands. Is sugar bad for your pussy? I am questioning. Yes. I'm questioning Is a few it? things right now. I don't know very much. It, educate me. Yes, it will make the fun. Like, it is very bad for your oh. vagina. Allie and I are both like, <laughs> oops. So the whipped cream is bad for your vagina? <laughs> you go. Oh my God. What have you been doing? I don't know if I can do this podcast with you anymore. Have you Have you ever tried Pop Rocks? No, I've never tried <laughs> I haven't either. Of course not. Ashley's looking at me like she has so many questions. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Um, no, not inside oh, your vagina. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. you made it sound like, Hannah. <laughs> no, have you ever put pop rocks inside your mouth and then gone down on a guy? What? <laughs> no, well, you haven't. That's fine. Well, I'm gonna try it now. It's it's you. You're Michael. Michael, you're welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. You, I'm good. But the whipped cream. Do you put is, a, like a lot in your mouth? Because I feel like they only pop for a few minutes. You, you go fast. Okay. I, I'm also, t- I I'm feel just, like I would start choking on the pop rock. You got to do the chloroseptic spray beforehand <laughs> so you don't feel. They go. I think I'm a, a little prissy when it comes to this. Lord have mercy. Send that link to me. 
You can buy it on Amazon. Do you want the two pack or the three pack? Oh, the 25 pack? Oh, Lord. I can't do that much work. My jaw will hurt. I was going to say, there's only, only one wanna, left in stock. I anyway. only want to try it the one time. <laughs> let's do it on the same night. I was going to say, let's do it on the I'll same night. I'll call you afterwards. We'll do it Marco Polo. We'll do Marco Polo's. How'd it go? I cannot wait to hear this. Oh, my God. I'm going to put Pop Rocks in my next book. <laughs> Free order now. <laughs> Pop Rocks of Love by Hannah Teal. <laughs> That's our next Patreon episode. Uh, no, it's our next bestseller. <laughs> Forget the Celestra series. Forget Shattered. Pop Rocks of Love. Oh, no. It's going to be a... I'm going to write an extra scene. We'll put it on the Patreon. It'll just be Callum and Sam. A Pop Rock scene. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> You think I'm kidding. I am planning it out in my head as we go. Oh, my God. Did we mention Hannah's an author? Can you tell? I am an author. I have a contemporary romance out called Shattered and a fantasy romance out called. Her books are linked on our website as books we love. The Celestra. And they are smutty. Not super, super. I would say like this level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chloe Brown level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So back to Red and his not too sticky hands. I don't think they were that sticky. I don't trust it. And I think if they were... When I have a s'more and I get a little bit of that marshmallow stickiness on my fingers, I immediately lick my fingers. Which is also mm-hmm. gross. Yeah, I don't lick my fingers. Well, by the way. I Ali, do. Judging you. You should judge me because I probably should be more hygienic. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> if I pee in the middle of the night, I do not wash my hands. Same. <laughs> Same. No. If you don't touch anything, I don't even wipe. I just jiggle, jiggle, wiggle. And wiggle. I do wipe usually. So if there's, I, as long as there's toilet paper. Sometimes there's you don't, toilet well, paper. Hold on. You know you guys squat right up high and do a jiggle, jiggle, wiggle, wiggle. wiggle yeah, but the toilet paper's right there. I just grab it and wipe it quick and then wash have, my hands. I don't want to have to wash my hands. So well, even if I do wipe, my hand isn't touching anything. The wipe is touching it. I don't know about that, Allie. The toilet paper is. Also, I'm judging that. pee is sterile. We don't know that for sure. I think that's, I think that. Well, I'm just saying. Nothing has happened so far. What has this episode turned into? (laughs) I'm angry. As we started this episode, Allie goes, this will probably be our shortest episode that we've done. (laughs) And yet we're on our, what are we on? Our three? Yeah. So they're foreplaying it on the air mattress. (laughs) And Chloe is basically demanding that he fuck her. He makes her come and he's about to come himself just watching her come. And she is begging for him to be inside of her so he buries himself inside her thank you lord jesus finally this man has been suffering <laughs> let me try he's been suffering thinking about them legs and i do love how her body was in such a positive light he loved her body and mm-hmm. it said on multiple times like he grabbed her stomach or he grabbed her thighs her thighs yeah. like mm-hmm. she is not a stick figure no. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I love that she is a normal human being. Yeah. Because I had two kids in two years. There's some tummy there to grab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I drink a little too much wine. So, <laughs> so he finds a strip of condoms and he rips one open and manages to roll it on with gritted teeth. Because mm. he's literally about to come. Yeah. He's about to be too pumped. So he positions his shaft at her entrance and his eyes rolled back into his head. The need uncontrollable. His body reduced to its most basic instincts. And then he turned into his shapeshifter form. <laughs> <laughs> a tentacle appeared. A tentacle. And the spur <laughs> came out. His most basic, basic instincts. The twist, Talia. We loved it. So they have sex. 
He's rocking it. With no tentacles. With no tentacles. And they both come. Chloe gets to come again. And after they come, she immediately falls asleep. (laughs) The next day, they pack up. They're camping for one night. And they head home. And they make use of Chloe's disability aids in the shower. She's got a chair in there. They put it to use. Did we, does anyone remember the first episode? I was going to say, shout out back to first episode, Hannah. Second episode. Second Second episode. episode, They work. They work. While they're laying naked in the bed after the shower, they hear keys in the apartment door and the door Mm. being unlocked and opened. So that means that someone from Chloe's family is entering the apartment. And Red is butt-ass naked and his clothes aren't in the room because they're in the wash or they're out in the living room so he can't leave the bedroom so chloe goes to intercept whoever it is and it turns out to be chloe's sisters who i love but not yeah. right now only so, sisters would barge in like yeah that. i know yeah and chloe runs out to run interference and red isn't intentionally listening to their conversation he does eventually tune in but he doesn't start eavesdropping she ends up confessing because she's not very good at lying and <laughs> There's clues that he's in the apartment all over the place. Shoes and there's something else by the door. So he's listening, but his stomach drops when he hears them talking about Chloe's list and how instead of meaningless sex, she put red on the list. And he starts to panic. He's been triggered and the room starts shrinking and he immediately thinks Chloe was just using him just like Pippa had. I felt like Talia did a really good job of describing what it feels like in that moment when you're trying to think rationally, but you can't Mm -hmm. and you're feeling such really heightened emotions. So after her sisters leave, Chloe comes back in the room, but Red is basically charging out and he gets her about the list, but he doesn't allow her to really defend herself. And when she does try, he does misconstrue what she's saying. He is making assumptions about her reasoning behind things. And she's like, just wait, I'll show you. And she bent over the coffee table searching for the notebook. He heaved out a breath, made a sound that might have been a laugh, a broken, broken laugh. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you'll search for some kind of evidence that'll prove you aren't a manipulative, lying user. That was hard. He said, you got me. It's done. So tick me off the list and I'll pretend I never fucking met you. Good riddance. She walks to the front door and she's very upset and she says, if you can leave this easily, don't fucking come back. And he slammed the door and she broke. As soon as the door shuts, he turns around and he comes back to himself and Red sits down on the floor. He immediately realizes oh, I was afraid and I was lashing out. Chloe isn't Pippa and she'd been begging him to listen, but he didn't. So he knocks on the door and apologizes through the door and asks to come in and talk. And she gives him a hard no. But eventually she says that she understands why he did it, but she doesn't think that they should see each other anymore. She can't do the pain. And when he left, it felt like she was breaking. Mm. So it's so different from most books that we read because they are like pretty emotionally mature people. And even in this moment when they both have let their past curtail this argument that they're having, they're both still speaking to each other pretty maturely. She knows his pain and she knows what happened, 
but she thinks it's best for her not to be involved and to feel this pain. And so she needs to protect herself. She says relationships aren't supposed to hurt and it's over. And he whispers to the door, I love you. And he doesn't think that she hears it, but she does, but she doesn't acknowledge it. But he does promise to make it up to her and prove to her that it's that love is worth it. But the next day, she's walking and she sees a notice on the bulletin board that Superintendent Redford Morgan is leaving in a month. And when she gets back to her door, there's a box. When she opens it is a notebook with his handwriting inside. But she can't bring herself to read what she's assuming is his goodbye because she knows that he's leaving the job. See, I'm too nosy. Yeah, me too. I have to immediately open it. I would never be able to just let that sit there. Mm-mm. But she lets it sit for days. Yeah. <laughs> days. Days. And all the while during those days, she's getting gifts every day. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And the first gift with a notebook and a couple of other things, it felt like a goodbye gift. But the rest of these gifts that she's getting don't really feel like goodbye gifts. They feel like something more. So she goes to the person that she knows she can get an answer from. She goes to her Gigi. And her Gigi basically tells her, like, love isn't safe, but that's not a bad thing. We shouldn't stop ourselves from feeling that love and entering into those relationships just because it's scary. I love Chi-Chi. Yeah, she tells it like it is. There was one part here when she's talking to Gigi that made me cry. Chloe says, I've always felt like I'm the kind of person who hurts too much. No, Gigi corrected calmly. You are a woman who, in a life filled with pain, came here to ask about love. Mm -hmm. And I was sobbing. Yeah, she was the woman who'd come here to ask about love. She was the woman who decided to change her entire life with nothing but a list. She was the woman who survived every single day. She was Chloe fucking Brown. And she was starting to wonder if she'd been brave from the beginning, if she just needed to love herself enough to realize it. So after that, she goes home and she reads the note that Redford wrote to her in the notebook. And he's basically confessing his undying love for her. And he wrote his own list about how to get Chloe back. And it's really cute. He spends every day hoping for Chloe to pull back the curtains in her apartment window to see him painting. But every day he noticed that her curtain was firmly closed. And then one day, out of the corner of his eye, it moved. And he turned around and he saw her standing there in the window looking at him. But then she was gone, and a few minutes later, she was knocking on his door. She gave him her revised list where she had written, Keep Red, and she acknowledges his letter and his gifts and puts him out of his misery and kisses him. They both apologize for letting their fears and past trauma overwhelm them and vow to work on it together. And they talk and I really like that they just talk into the night instead of immediately jumping into sex. Immediately boning. Yeah. Because they're emotionally mature. They circle back around to the fact that they both love each other. I just love. She says, I love you, Red. I love you. I love you. I. She broke off with a squeak when he kissed her hard. Oh. And then one year later, they're traveling all over the freaking place, honestly. And they finally make it to New York and they go to see the MoMA. They go in together after an intrusive phone call from her family. (laughs) Yeah. As on par with Mm -hmm. who they are. (laughs) Okay. So do you guys think that Chloe and Red make it long term? 100%. Yes. 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 I think so too. They are, they are in it till they're like 98 and like hobbling with each other. And like 20 years later, he's still in love with her and still loves taking care of her. So where do we put this one on the vibration scale? Solid one. It's a one. Yeah. I would even say this is maybe less than a one. (laughs) Yeah. 
that. It wasn't that smutty. So it's a one on the scale. Play that scale for us. Play that fucking music, Ashley. Mm. That's about the yeah. reaction. It still feels good. Mm-hmm. Still feels good. It's good. It's getting. It's getting there. Yeah. But it's it's just building up. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to the Rainy Day Smut Brigade, you guys. The show was produced by Ashley, Hannah, and Allie. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok. We also have a website, therainydaysmutbrigade.com. If you visit, you can learn more about us and check out our merch from tpublic.com. Let us know your thoughts and future book suggestions. You can email us at therainydaysmutbrigade at gmail.com. We want your input. Love ya! Bye! When you're walking after midnight down the streets dressed in neon light, you want to get down. You wanna get down